0: And hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You on a Friday night. Good to have you here with me tonight. Um, It seems like it's been forever um, since I was last on here, but it was just last week. And it's a new year. It's the year 2020, Friday, January the 3rd of 2020. Amazing. And um, boy, I tell you what, uh, we're still here. So, it's the new year, and uh we're not off youtube so see and uh so good news all around all right uh so tonight uh, we're gonna be back in the book of Romans Romans chapter nine um I wanted to say hello to everybody that's checking in right now before I do that um hey, check out all the different podcasting uh streams uh, go to uh, Let This Mind Being You Ministries podcast, search for that on iHeartRadio podcast, also on Apple podcast, as well as uh, podcast.com. It might seeming a little bit too loud for anybody. Um, I don't know. I'm just a little bit, a little bit hot here. Let me turn this down just a tad bit. Okay. I think we might be doing all right. Um, but yeah, don't forget about the audio versions of the podcast and, um, also the let this mind In you ministries, uh, ministry page on Facebook, um, is a good source. If you want to go check out the videos later on over there, or if you want to ask a question also the email address for everybody that doesn't have it, LTMBY at yahoo.com is where you can directly contact me on the internet under emails so how is everybody doing tonight on a friday night i see a lot of people checking in which is fantastic uh, so let's just go right down the stream so my mom was first in so she wins the prize um which is nothing but uh other than my admiration for being here early so thank you mama for being here uh brother jt um i just talked to him a little bit earlier on the phone. So good to have you here, brother, here on the uh, broadcast tonight. Brother Brian Harlow. Hey, so usually uh, you got to work early in the morning, and so sometimes you can't make it in. I appreciate you for making uh, some time tonight, brother Harlow. And there's Sister Elizabeth, Brother Adam Moore. Thanks for being here, Brother Gabriel. And let's see, anybody else? My dad. mm mm. And it looks about, uh, I think that's about it, at least the people that have uh, checked in so far. Uh, there might be some people that maybe don't want to, uh, that are actually checking in that don't uh, respond, but that's okay. And so tonight, as we go through here, if you want to ask any kind of questions, uh, preface it. If you guys are just talking to each other, and it's just streaming down through here, um it's a little bit hard for me to follow. So if you want to ask a question, make sure you put it in like maybe all caps, say question, and then um, ask your question there. And then we'll get to that. Or if you have a, um, if you have a uh, comment, maybe just say comment, that way you can add it to it and I can, I can put it in there um, as we go along. Okay. So Romans chapter nine. Now this, this portion of the, uh, of the book of Romans has a lot of, uh, I don't know, people, uh, I guess you would say there's controversy that goes back and forth around a lot of this stuff, you know, when when is it just talking to the Jews, when is it talking to the church, when is it blah, 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 blah. Well, what I, what I wanted to just make sure everybody understands is that this is a letter, so make sure we read this in context as a letter. I know we would break these up by chapters, so So that makes it a little bit difficult. But just remember, uh, if you have any questions on this kind of stuff, just make sure you're reading it in the entirety of the context of what he's talking about. And he begins right here, speaking to these things. Now, let's add some context, historically speaking. The, what, anybody wants to hear, um, here's the first question of the night. Uh, You know, there's no points and there's nobody, there's no prizes for being in here. But see if you can answer this. What? would you say, just an opinion, what would you say was the biggest, um, strife? What was the biggest thing that was happening at the early days of the church? The New Testament church had been established and let's just say in the days of Paul. Okay. And, um, as he's going through to the Gentiles and everything, what was the biggest problem that the church was having at the time? Is anybody, can anybody answer that real quick? There's no wrong answers. Okay, Brother Harlow uh, t- uh, typed in, getting Gentiles under the law, also known as being Judaizers. Yes. Um, Brother Swope says baptism. And, you know, interesting enough, that does have some uh, Jewish con- connotations in it. So, okay, Judaizers. And uh, anybody else have any kind of ideas? Um about some early uh, controversies within the church and different things like that. Another one I can think of is, uh, I don't know if it's, it was written about extensively by John, and that's the uh, the ones that claimed that Jesus did not come in the flesh. I, I think, uh, was that the... I'm trying to think of the name of the that they used there's also the doctrine of the nicolaitans so there's a few other things but the main thing that in context of romans especially starting in romans 9 there's a lot of language that's being used in there to address expressly the judaizers and so as we talk about this tonight there's maybe some questions that come up there might be some things that we need to work through as as uh, as bible believing christians But what I want to do is make sure that we just go to God's word. Let this mind be in you. Yeah, so my dad's saying he doesn't talk to the Jews in Romans, but talks about the Jews. That's right. Um, So there's a lot of different things in here. So we just uh, always ask the five questions. My dad uh, reminded me about this, but when you're reading the Bible, ask the five questions, who, what, when, where, and why. Um, And then when you're doing that, It'll, it'll prevent a lot of errors from uh, uh, from occurring. So we know Paul is writing to the church, and we also know that in the church age, if you want to make uh, that as a, as a term, in the church age, there is no Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female, we're all one in Christ Jesus. There's plenty of uh, verses that talk about that. Spiritually speaking, there's no difference between you and I, no matter what race or whether one's a Jew, one's a Gentile. And so, spiritually speaking, there's no difference. Now, physically, there is obviously differences. So, we've talked about this. Yeah. So, um, as we go through here, uh, just remember that um, as we start out. Now, Romans chapter 9, starting in verse 1, it says, this is... This first starts out, it hits you right in the gut. At least it does me. It says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. This is Romans chapter 9 and verse 1 in your King James Bible. My conscience, also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Well, what what is, what is the sorrow? What is the heaviness that he's experiencing here? For I could wish that myself were accursed for from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Okay, now Paul is talking about his kinsmen, his brethren according to the flesh. So every time you see the word brethren, doesn't mean that we're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. In Christ, and he and make sure that he says this here. Uh, my kinsmen according to the flesh to make it understood that he is talking about the physical nature. Okay, the nation of Israel, the real. Jews, okay, he's not spiritualizing this, he's ta- talking about the physical, okay. And here it is in verse 4 Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Now, when I look at this, let's read in verse 5 Whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. So this, this first five verses of, of Romans nine. First and foremost, look at the, look at what Paul is asking for. He's not asking for the Jews here. He's not saying that he would go to hell if the Jews could be delivered from the Roman empire. Okay. Some sort of a, a physical salvation, so to speak. I, I don't know what that term means. I know it gets thrown around a lot. Um, but I'm assuming that's talking about you know helping somebody in a temporal sense, okay? Not talking about their their spiritual their their uh, salvation. Um, with that being said, he's not talking about that the nation of Israel would be saved from the Roman Empire or from who else? Paul is speaking about here. He's talking about that he would only, he would if it were possible. That he would go to hell, that every single one of his brethren in the flesh would get saved, born again, and brought into the kingdom of God. Wow. Uh, that is that is some love right there. One, one of the things that you think about this, you know, uh, no greater love hath uh, no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. We looked at that in the book of Hebrew, Hebrews that was talk about scarcely one would do that for a friend. You know, Paul was willing to go to hell, be accursed forever from Christ, separated from Christ forever, if every one of his brethren in the flesh would get saved. Wow. Amazing. That's why I know that uh, as he speaks in context here, he's talking about a lot of the things that are the spiritual. Okay? Now he does talk about the promises here and the covenants. Those things are forever. Those things are still be there as far as the kingdom of heaven is, uh, is concerned. But Paul is making a point here to say, look, I would rather I would go to hell if all my brethren in the flesh, the Israelites that have been given all these different things would just come to the realization as we looked in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is better. The better covenant, the better testament, the new, the testator, the one that came in and, and abolished the law because he fulfilled it completely, if you get the point. So as we look at the heart of Paul and see in context what he's talking about, he's now going to be explaining the new covenant. The new covenant is right here where it says, uh, the the majority of covenant in the New Testament Comes in the book of Hebrews We looked at that and mentions that a lot Speaking of how Jesus though is better But now it's talking about the, um, the covenant Which means simply the arrangement that God has Or the dispensation or so forth and so on Explanation of the new covenant um, We're going to turn over to Galatians 3 We got a comment here so I'm going to get to that But uh, while we're getting to that Turn over to Galatians 3 3. All right. And uh, we got a comment. Acts 20 and verse 31. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. That's what Paul says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 31. That's a great verse. So every day for the space of three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he would do that. And uh, there was a different times I believe in Acts where he finally, won at, at the end, he said, you know, no longer will I go. To, I'm paraphrasing, but it says, no longer will I go to you. I will go to the Gentiles, and uh, so. And then we have Brother Gabriel here. The Abrahamic covenant is still binding. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Okay, we're going to absolutely talk about that. There's two different covenants uh, through uh, that God promised Abraham. Ember Barry see that here in Romans chapter nine. It starts laying that out. So all right, turn I asked you to turn to Galatians chapter three. Now let's start in verse Okay. Yeah, let's just go ahead and start in verse. uh, Let's go ahead and start in verse one, just to kind of get it all down through here. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you: received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So he answers his own question. He answers the question as, you know, sometimes Paul does that. He asks a question, it's almost like rhetorical, and then he answers it right away. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And now, oh, see right there. See, we we get all the promises that were given to Abraham. Now, hold on. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many are as of works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Here it is. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, this is going to be important, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to this and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed which is Christ. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was four hundred and thirty years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now, I said all that to say this. As we go back through here, you have to always understand where he's talking about the physical promises given and the spiritual promises. Now, the spiritual promises, they weren't looking forward to the cross, so to speak. They had no idea. They just had ideas of what God told them. They were obedient to what God told them to at that time. Um, And it was counted to them for righteousness. But they didn't go to heaven when they died. If you look in the, uh, I believe it's in the account of Luke, the rich man and Lazarus. When Lazarus opened up his eyes, he was in Abraham's bosom. We know that. We know that Christ, after he died, the death death of the testator, he led captivity captive. He led. He went down and preached, and uh, and all those such and so forth. And then they received by faith the blood atonement there, and went to heaven, because Christ, the perfect sacrifice, had been made. Well, that's kind of strange. Well, that's just the way God set it up. So there was no, they, they just had the heart of obedience. My brother here is saying no true heart of repentance. What were they repenting of? They were just having a heart of obedience. The same thing now we are asked to do is says, look, no works. It's been fulfilled. So there's obviously a difference. There's a different testament. Okay. This is a better way, a better covenant that has been established. Okay. So just remember that. And I wanted to read those things out of Galatians uh, 3 because a lot of people will try to use those and say, well, see, we're, we're um, the physical promises to Abraham, those are for us now because we've been brought in, we've been grafted in. And so now, yes, that's ours, our promises, and we should live by the law, we should do all these things. These are the same arguments that they were having almost 2,000 years ago. yeah so right here when say people died in the Old Testament, they went to Abraham's bosom right uh, as I just said, thank you brother Gabriel. And so just keep that in mind now I also wanted to show uh, in verse five here uh, if you read this, it says Christ in flesh Christ came who is over all God blessed forever. It's proved Jesus is fully God okay case closed. All right, Brother Harlow, 1 Peter 1, verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Yeah, they prophesied of those things but had no idea what, what it actually was. It says, speaks of a mystery which was revealed, as we know, through the Apostle Paul. The dispensation... The given to us word or to you word is the way it says all right so it's pretty it, it can get convoluted a lot of people like to read their own philosophy into the word of god and just read it for what it says okay and we'll do here and start back in verse 6 of romans chapter 9 it says not as though the word of god hath taken none effect for they are not all israel which are of israel back then if you wanted to be obedient to what God had commanded. You had to do what God wanted you to. Had set forth in that dispensation. It was what's called a proselyte Jew. They were not Jews in the spe- in the speaking of the flesh. They were not. They were not grafted into the physical promises. There was the court of the Gentiles that was in the temple. They had to live though. They had to be circumcised in the flesh. They had to, all these different things in order to be obedient to God. Okay? Now, here's here's something for to help you out. If if somebody's talking to you and you say, "Well, there's, you know, it seems to me that, you know, it's always been about faith, absolutely faith, but you have to do what God commanded you to do. You had to have a heart of obedience. Um <laughs> that's that's why there is a different dispensation then. If you were a Gentile And you say, I believe what those Jews are doing over there is absolutely right. Man, they, the God of Israel, but don't go back into that country and be live as a Jew. You're not being obedient, not doing the ordinances and all these different other kinds of things that showed the heart of obedience. You couldn't, you couldn't have one without the other. Okay. If it was just about faith alone, um, a lot of people could just have faith, but it met. It was meted out. They had to actually walk that life. Okay, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, it's just as simple as that. In verse seven, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, showing the point there. See, as the, even the Jews, when they were there, who were just doing things out of just straight, well, I'm just fulfilling this. I'm I'm doing the law. Works, 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 but had no faith. They had no heart of obedience. They were doing things. Look at what it says here. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham are they all children. Okay. There was lost Jews as far as that goes. We know this because the rich man, I'm sure, I am positive. The rich man was one of those uh, practicing Jews. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly positive. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Okay? It's it's fairly simple. There was Pharisee upon Pharisee who were tithing on mint. Okay? Well, I got this, uh, I got four leaves of mint here. And so one fourth, you know, tenth of this goes to, you know, they would break it off and measure and all this kind of stuff just to be accurate on the law. <sighs> Went straight to hell. Jesus said that they were whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. When they lifted up their eyes, they were in torment in the flame. It's simple as that. You could not have works alone. You could not have faith alone. Sorry. In this time, in this dispensation, if you're watching this, it's faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's not of works. Now, back then it wasn't of works either it wasn't of works alone they didn't have any reason to boast they just simply had faith and out of that heart of obedience they did what they were told to do that's it now in this dispensation that's why i don't understand the controversy of romans chapter 10 in this dispensation it's simply out of a heart of repentance and obedience to god you're just crying out to him call upon the name of the lord and Thou shalt be saved With the mouth, confession is made unto righteousness. It has nothing to do with the prayer alone. Somebody says a prayer is not saved, okay? It's not also mixing some sort of faith and works or something. No, it's by faith. But it's going to produce an action out of your heart, okay? Simple as that. And yes, Brother Brian brings up a point that says that Romans 10.4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Simple. Uh, Saved Jews. uh, Brother Swope says, the saved Jews would have the Holy Spirit come upon them, but it would leave them too. They weren't indwelt or sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. By the way, in the time of Jacob's trouble, in Daniel's 70th week, if you want to call it that, in that 70th week of Daniel, uh, the same things are going to be happening. There is no indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's why there's so many similarities, and that's why it's for Israel. Once again, though, you'll have to live as a proselyte Jew if you are of the na- uh, the Gentile. Right now is the best time. Do not wait for that time. Okay. If you look in the book of Revelation for everything that's going to be happening during that time, why would you want to wait? Get saved today, okay? Come to the end of your own righteousness and understand in you is no good thing, but your faith and trust in his righteousness. Understand who you are. You're a sinner, a vile sinner in the eyes of a righteous, holy God, and only the application of his righteousness to your life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He died for your sins and mine, all of them. He paid the price. Brother Gabriel says the faith that Abraham had in Galatians 3 is not faith alone, but that faith spoken there is that God was going to provide a lamb for the sacrifice for sins at the time of I mean, yeah, that time in the Old Testament. Yeah. So I had the that's another great point with abraham abraham was before the law but abraham still had to obey and it was counted to him for righteousness by faith abraham believed god left the earth chaldees he believed god had faith that he his son isaac would be risen from the dead if he plunged that knife into him to sacrifice him because god told him to do those things he had a heart of obedience now our heart is to simply come to the heart of repentance. Repentance meaning just understanding, whoa, yep, there's nothing good in me. Christ paid the ultimate price. He paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. That is salvation for today. And by the way, if... You're still studying this out. You're still learning about these things. That's fine. There's no, there's no, I I don't have any, I don't have any, uh, animosity or that's a strong word, but I don't have any non-patience, so to speak for people who have a heart to just study these things out and really are just kind of new to all this stuff. But at the same time, somebody that has studied this out and just is adamant and said, no, no, it's like, no, I don't really understand that spirit. But first of all, it doesn't. We're not living in the Old Testament, and we're not living in the time of Jacob's trouble. So, let's figure out what's going on now. And uh, we, it's the simplicity of the gospel. The same things back then that uh, they were arguing about is what we're arguing about today. Frustrating the simplicity of the gospel, and trying to say, "Well, I believe prayer is a work." That's well. That's really frustrating. The the absolute Simplicity of the gospel It's it's pretty simple I need help I'm going to call upon the one That can help me Okay And it's not like he That's why it says The uh, As we just read in Romans 8 By the way About the uh, The elect Or the um, What's the actual word Predestinate He's already said Hey He will do that work in you The spirit will renew you will quicken you, will indwell you, seal you into the day of redemption if you do these things, which is simply come in a heart of repentance and call out on him, and he will save you. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That famous verse in 1 John, I've, I've heard that verse applied, by the way, to born-again believers, which is fine. You know, it, yes, you need to um, you need to reestablish fellowship with God. You can break fellowship. But when you read that verse in context, it's speaking about some people that are lost, that have now been saved, and they can understand these things that, yes, he cleansed me from all unrighteousness. That happened. You don't have to keep doing that to cleanse yourself from unrighteousness. He did it. It was a one-time event for you. So... All right. So we're not very far into there. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're in verse 8. Uh, we've gone on a lot of different things, but uh, let's read verse 7 again. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. This is future fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Okay. He comes from the lineage of David, which came from the tribe of Judah. So it is through Abraham's seed in Isaac. Isaac. And Jacob, and so forth, and so on. That is, they which are the children of flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Just giving a little bit of history here. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by her father Isaac. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any evil or good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, "The elder shall serve the younger." Now, where it's going to get into some really, it's going to get into some really interesting things here, that are sometimes hard to be understood. Okay, and I will readily admit that we don't understand. We have to have faith, but we just can't understand the full nature of God. Okay. Uh, good luck trying to do that. You're never going to be able to understand it. So there's going to say some things here that are hard for me to even understand. Like, wow, man, these things are really kind of hard to understand. But Yeah. So let's get into this. And again, as it speaks down through here, just let the Bible speak for itself. Okay. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Wow. Don't understand that. But what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. So Paul immediately answers the question. It's like, wow, okay, wow, God hated somebody. But this is talking about who the, who the promise is going to be made through, okay? All right, and so it says, God forbid, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the Scripture saith unto Moses, or excuse me Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Now that's that's pretty hard to kinda understand, is it not? So Pharaoh was doing those things because God wanted him to do these things? Yeah, it seems to be. And it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and says God hardened his heart. Um, just hard things to be understood. I just take it by faith. To in order to fulfill what Christ wanted or God wanted to have done. Thou wilt say then unto me, why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but Oh man, who art thou that repliest against God? Basically, Paul is sitting there saying, I know these are hard for you to understand and question, but who are we to to even question God? It's simple that if this part wasn't in in this passage, uh, this certain part of the letter to the Romans, I would have a lot of trouble with that. But fortunately, Paul uh, clears this up and says, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? So, wow. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Those things are hard for me to understand. Thank thank God that, uh, you know, I wasn't Pharaoh. Seemed like Pharaoh still had a chance. Um, uh, he had plenty of opportunities in his own free will, but it seems like at a certain point, God hardened his heart. Then it, it was like, um, uh, it was that, uh, turned over to the same idea of turned over to a reprobate mind. Okay. As we saw, uh, in other places when we spoke about that, that reprobate mind What was that back in, uh, Romans chapter one seems to be the same kind of concept. But notice that it's not with like, well, okay, Pharaoh at this point, he it's when God turned him over. That's when we know. And so that's a scary, scary position to be in. So while you have the chance, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of your need of a Savior, don't put it off for tomorrow. Okay? Yeah, Brother Gabriel here is talking about Calvinism. Um, yeah, speaking in Romans 9, verse 13, try to prove that God predestinate who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, okay? But that all, all is a one of those strange Greek words that means exactly that. It means all. It means everybody, okay? He died for everybody. All can come to him. Will all call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? come to the end of their their own self-righteousness? Unfortunately not. Few be there that find it. There's not a lot of people seeking. That's unfortunate. But if you come across this channel and you hear us talking about this tonight, this is your chance. Don't put it off. Verse 22. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much longsuffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he hath called not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles. That's a question as he saith also in O I will call upon them, this is uh, Hosea I will call upon or I will call them my people which were not my people and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it is said unto them, "Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. All right. So we've seen this before that this is talking about, this is talking about how um, this time of the Gentiles, this time of the Gentiles, as it's called in other places, when the fullness of the Gentiles can become in up until that point, this is we are here, and uh, where did we just see that? Talking about the jealousy, provoke them the jealousy. Oh, buh, buh, buh. somebody help me out. We, we were going through. I'm trying to remember. It was in Romans, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh. Buh, buh. I cannot remember where that was at but it's it speaks about that in several different places that and then it was a, it's an Old Testament prophecy maybe that's we haven't got to that yet maybe it's in Romans 10. Uh Yes, okay, it is in Romans 10 verse 19. But I, but I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. Okay, yes, Romans ten nineteen. Thank you, brother. Brother Jeff, hey, how you doing, brother? And then also in Romans eleven, yeah, that's why Romans 9, 10, 11 deals with this the, these problems of the of the people there, um, speaking about what this new covenant was all about. All right, and so it's going through Old Testament prophecy here. Verse 25, just for your notes' sake, if you want to go back and talk about these things, that's in Hosea chapter 2 and verse 23, and also Hosea 1 and verse 10. And then as it's coming down through here and speaks about Isaiah, uh, you can go to Isaiah like ten twenty-two and into some other different places on that. But it says, Isaiah also crieth, this is verse 27 of Romans 9, concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Hmm. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Uh, About a week's time. All right, and we got another verse here. Brother Gabriel, Zephaniah 3, verse 8 is another one. I'll go to that here in a minute. Okay, and then um, verse 29, and, and as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as uh, Sodoma or Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness wherefore, why is it therefore, you know, wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. Here is where it wraps it up finally, okay? This is like, you're like, man, I'm I'm really struggling with this. And then the word of God, it gets real clear here when it says, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. They wanted the works of the law only. Look at us. We have the law. We have all these things, and that's why we're thats why we justified by these works alone. They had a pride, the heart of pride already in them, thinking that they could come to God the way they wanted to. God said in Hebrews that he was sick of all their sacrifices and everything because it wasn't out of a heart of love. It wasn't out of a heart of obedience. Lord of Sabbath means Lord of hosts, I think, and very well. Yeah, and uh, Brother Jeff's talking about these uh, last three verses here. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of just brings it into here because it says, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense. Who is that? We know that's Jesus Christ. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Straight up just, just talks about, Boom, just finish it off right there. That they, that it is, Jesus is better. The entire theme of Hebrews and everything like that was trying to get them to understand that it wasn't, it's not just about the the works of the law, okay? You have to have the faith with it, okay? Faith plus the works. People get too zoned in on, it is a heart of obedience to what God has told you to do. How can you say that you have faith in something if you don't do what you've been told to do by faith? Simply, simply put, uh, let's give some examples, okay? Uh, Noah, okay? Noah could have all the faith in the world. He says, well, faith. But that faith was going to produce an action by building a, a, an ark over 120 years. then getting on the boat, okay? Getting on the ark. Abraham could have had faith that he, he would God would make him of him a great nation, you know, okay but if he hadn't gone out of the earth of Chaldees, if he hadn't done all those different things, if he hadn't by faith taken Isaac up into that mountain, he didn't truly have a heart of obedience. Simple enough, okay Simple enough to know that when you come to the end of your righteousness now, when you come to the end of yourself, you will. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is just going to speak. It's not the prayer that saves you. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody in my uh circle of brethren that I that I talk to that believe in any shape or form that the prayer is what saves you. That it's some sort of work that you have to do. You have to, it's a natural occurring thing that's going to happen out of a heart that's truly repented towards God. It's going to happen by Natural occurrence, okay. That's why you shouldn't be forcing somebody or trying to get them to say some sort of prayer. They will naturally I've seen it. They will naturally just come right out and cr- and call upon the Lord. However, version that looks like whatever that looks like, you can absolutely see it happen. Okay, and uh, a lot of different things have been uh, put in here to the live stream here, so we're gonna get to that. Uh, we're right at. Fifteen more minutes left to go, so this is good. Okay, uh, let's go back up through here. Uh, Gabriel's talking about... uh, Okay, Brother Harlow talks about... He already looked up Zephaniah 3 in verse 8 is about God assembling the nations together so he can pour out his wrath on them all at once. Yep, as he gathers the nations together, as they think that they're going to come up to the nation of Israel and destroy it with the armies of the antichrist gathers them all together in that valley of megiddo and then it's just incredible to talk talk about that kind of stuff because uh, speaks about uh, blood being to the depth or to the height of a horse's bridle sometimes five or (laughs) five or six feet that's a lot of blood in that valley it's a big 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 place too so Okay, so thanks, Brother Harlow, for clearing that up, and Brother Gabriel saying the same thing. All right, so it's pretty simple enough. I know I I really was kind of uh, secretly, I don't know, I guess maybe this is sort of fleshly to think about, but I really, really was hoping that there would be somebody that tuned in tonight. And there may still uh, later on and uh, want to make a comment, but... Uh, that want to ask these like truly ask a a question about this um some people have made up their mind and uh about their their set philosophy and their ways and um, that's sad because the bible really speaks for itself it really does it makes it as about as simple as you possibly can if you don't pull a verse one verse out of here and then you're like well see here i got it See, that's what the Calvinists and the Lordship Salvationists and all these different other isms and different things that you want to place on people. Um, that's what they do. Read it as a letter in context. Don't just read Romans 10, read 9, 10, 11. Read up the entire letter in the, in the, and understand who it's written to. What is the, the letter about? The who, the what, the where where did you know obviously it was to the church at rome there you know the churches, not the not in some walled city called the vatican um so who the where the who what when this is you know think about what time frame this was what was going on during that time and the why and uh you get it i don't know if this was already said his brother jt says uh But verse 33 is partly quoted again in Romans 10, 12. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. That's why we know that this is not... Paul starts out Romans 9, okay? It's talking about not the physical salvation of the the Jews. That has been promised. It's going to happen. They will eventually, as a nation, look upon him whom they have pierced. When they finally come to the end of their just... And finally say... Yes, Jesus is king. He is Messiah. He will finally come across the split that eastern sky and come in power and righteousness and just in full wrath. And all those people that I talked about in the valley of Megiddo would just be obliterated by the sword that proceeded out of his mouth. It's just going to obliterate him with the word of God. Wow. That's it. And so Paul is not talking about physical salvation. That'll happen in the future. He's talking about right now that he wanted the, the nation of Israel to be saved. He wanted them to understand who came. It's the same thing that Stephen preached. men of Israel, it's the same thing that, uh, you know, Peter and John and all the disciples, when they were still there in the early parts of uh, right after the day of Pentecost and were preaching these things, when the Holy Spirit finally came that's what they're getting them to try to understand and the saved the ones that jews that finally did get saved were still struggling to come out of that that mindset and they were still wanting to put people under the law even timothy paul had to circumcise him just to just get people to understand those things paul withstood peter to the face over some of these things just incredible Okay, and we got a comment here. Amen, Brother Harlow says, uh, "Let this mind be in you." It's me. That's why I like how you take the time to read the context and not just one or two verses. Well, all praise and honor and glory to the Lord. Let when it says "Let this mind be in you," you have to have the mind of Christ. That's the entirety of the Word of God. Scripture with Scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. Yeah, Brother Jeff talks about a puff of red mist. Yeah, and it's going to be rivers. Big old deep rivers of blood. Okay, Brother Swope says it wasn't specifically written to us, but written to the Romans, and the same with all the other books of the Bible to whomever it was meant today. But it was most definitely for us and applies to us today. That's that's right. It is applying to us for today, and but in fact, all the Scripture is okay. I, I also want to encourage you that when we're looking at these Old Testament prophecies and everything, don't discard the Old Testament. Because as, as you want your joy, at Christian, to be completely full. Look at all the promises that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Some 500 or whatever, how many it is, that he fulfilled all of them or will fulfill in the future. It's incredible. And you will find those in the Old Testament. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen and Amen as uh, as it says in 2nd uh, Timothy 3:16 that's exactly right we have the whole scripture line upon line see if you try to take one verse or two but it violates the scriptures back here we know that there is no contradiction in scripture so the contradiction that you think you found is in of yourself so all these you know, well there's these contradictions and this must be a contradiction no maybe your philosophy and your doctrine is based upon what you think, and you're trying to apply that to what the Bible says. You see that? That's not the way that works. The Holy Spirit teaches you from his word, not the other way around. And uh, Brother JT also brings up another great verse, Romans 15 and verse four. For whatsoever things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That's right. That's why we have this hope, and we don't have to worry about the uh the time of wrath because we have this blessed hope. all of it ties in together, brothers, sisters, have your joy full out there today. Get in the word of God, but don't make it some sort of academic exercise where wow, I can really I can win this argument against this guy boy he 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 believes this other stuff here, and but now I know all this word of God here, and I can just go and I can just bang them upside the head with it. I can win a good debate. I'm not supposed to be doing that either. This isn't some sort of technique to just give the word of God, let the Holy Spirit teach. You can't convince people and honestly, I mean, that's one of the big biggest things about leadership in the private sector, okay, in the in the in the temporal world, okay? One of the main things that I that I study quite a bit in the military is just leadership principles. You know what are the best place that you can learn how to be a great leader? Here in the Word of God. I've read so many books about, you know, 21 irrefutable laws and all these different books on leadership. But just go to what God has said to do in His Word. And you can be a pretty good leader because He set it up. He designed it. He created it. But one of those main things that you you know in the leadership world is that you cannot force anybody to do something they don't want to do. You just cannot do it. Yeah, I talked about a verse uh 2 Timothy 2 verse 23 is a good verse against debating. Yeah. There's there's a there's a fine line too between debating and just giving the word of God. And you can expose people pretty quickly. Not out of a pride kind of thing, but you can expose them because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, sharper than your little tongue. You know, remember that that tongue that is a uh, that is a get you in a lot of trouble. The Bible speaks about it. Proverbs speaks about it. All throughout, all throughout the Bible speaks about the tongue. Who get us a lot of trouble? But through the power of the Spirit, when you just proclaim His word, He'll do the teaching. And um so that's why that's that is what this ministry endeavors to do. So praise the Lord, Brother Harlow, for your your comment. I really do appreciate that. Um it's encouraging to see that. Um that's all we should do. By the way, that goes and when you're giving somebody the gospel too. Don't you know, Brother Swope, you sent me that thing where it talks about the uh, the technique catastrophe. And just just seeing that, you don't need a self-help two-day course about how to show somebody their need of a Savior. Tell them what happened to you. Class dismissed. Go out and and tell somebody what Jesus Christ did for you. Just tell them, I was a no-good sinner. But you know, Christ came and fulfilled all this stuff. He lived a sinless, perfect life, and he died for your sins. God in the flesh Died for you. He he provided a way of escape. At the end of this, at the end of this life, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You you're going to face judgment, and you're either going to stand before God. All men are standing will stand before God, and you're either going to stand there in Jesus Christ, clothed in His righteousness, that He gives you, or you're going to stand before God in your own righteousness, which we already saw in Romans six is impossible there's nothing good in you and there's two places you can go from there that's right brother jt our job is the plant and water and god gives the increase simple as that and it's amazing to see that there's nothing new under the sun there's still the same debates but the word of god is established for forever okay so please Let this mind be in you. Let the Spirit teach. Brethren, we have the mind of Christ. So, what are we going to do with that? Be ambassadors. That's our position, our placement. We are sons of God. We are sent out as ambassadors now to just proclaim the word of the King. That's it. That is absolutely it. Well, if I just just really uh, learn how to if I really just learn how to just uh, manipulate the situation, I can really get that person to say a prayer. Well, no wonder people say, well, you guys, you know, you're talking about prayer and all this, it has nothing to do with that. A prayer has never saved anybody a day in their life, period. But you can see the heart of obedience and repentance when they, when they cry out. All right, uh, let's go through here. I've been running my mouth for a minute. Yeah, talking about the second and third admonition. All right, Brother J.T. says here. um, Oh, no, let's go to Brother Jeff here. He brings up a good verse, James 3, 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Amen. When we get in the flesh, it's going to be a lot of problems, a lot of strife, a lot of envy, a lot of division. Brother J.T. says here, Amen, Brother Michael, I was dealing with someone for a while. Yeah, as you and I have talked about, that I kept trying to force truth down someone's throat who didn't want to truly receive it. Yeah, and it's hard. It really is. It And that you could see kind of that spirit come out in Apostle Paul there, Brother JT, that he said it, it, the heart is there. The heart is of love. I understand why some people want to just really just, oh, come on, please, you know, and strive with somebody and say, hey, look, come on, come on, and try to convince them through their own perfected sales pitch, so to speak. But that's taking the place of what the Holy Spirit's supposed to be doing. And then what that sinner has to do. And uh, as, boy, go get that, uh, look up that book, The Technique Catastrophe, uh, for, for some admonition on that. But Brother JT, just keep praying for that individual and that the Holy Spirit would bring that conviction. My mom says, I wanted to thank everyone for their prayers. I am beginning to feel like this flare is nearly over. So my mom goes through different things, and uh, as we've discussed in the past, and she says she wants to thank everybody for their prayers. I also want to thank you. Uh, She's feeling better. Um, You know, not 100%, you know, but still got the the issues in her life. But the fact that she can get around a little bit better now and she's not uh, feeling as much pain, is a blessing of God and thank you for your prayers out there brethren and sisters all right brother swopes talking about uh, psalms 119 oh that's an interesting thing in psalms 119 there is a reference to the word of god in every verse Each group of eight verses begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but still talks about the Word of God. Amen. That's because the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus Christ is come. (laughs) He was manifested. He came in corruptible flesh, meaning that it had the ability to die. He humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant in order to do that for you and me in all the world. Uh, Died for all the sins of the world. What a mighty God. He came as a lamb for the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. When they asked him who he he was, he told them who he was, and they got even more upset. You know, what what can you do? (laughs) He just said, I am that I am. Oh, my goodness. He was God. He is God. And forever will be God. That's what we brought up in that verse five. Whose are the fathers, and of whom are concerning the flesh Christ came? Who is over all God, blessed forever. Amen. Definitive statement. Boom. It's over. So, the reason why you could see, the reason why you could see uh, Jesus Christ throughout all the old, uh, old Testament, because He's been revealed in the New. And you can see that because of the Spirit of God that's indwelling you can teach you. That's why you can see that in, Romans, in Psalms one nineteen. That's a good. That's a good uh, point. Brother Harlow says, I think Michael could get through Psalms one nineteen in an hour. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. That would probably have to be several different uh, hour long sessions. Yeah. And uh, Brother Swope's talking about the uh, how much. Um, Recommending outside of your regular Bible reading and devotions, you read uh, Psalms 119, eight verses a day. In your King James Bible, keep a written diary of personal insights and applications. That's a good idea. It's helped him tremendously, so maybe it'll help you out there. Jesus Christ is coming to flesh, not has come. Yeah. All the new versions, want to make it past tense, but it is present tense, and now as the body of Christ the church, we have a, we have a responsibility. Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. Tell somebody about it today. Don't try to frustrate the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel. Don't try to add works and all these other kinds of things into it. Just give somebody the idea or the 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 procl- proclamation of the word of God. Just give them the truth. All right, a few more here. yeah yeah it's talking about the the black hebrew israelites again (laughs) yeah it it talks about in the flesh here that uh that uh, jesus christ would come through the uh shem shem the line of shem he's semitic the uh he was a jew okay so sorry for all those out there that are trying to make him white or black he was a jew okay When he came in the flesh, the corruptible flesh, he came through the line, the lineage of Judah. Wasn't that amazing to see too? And go back and and I'm probably going to do Hebrews again, but it's so amazing to see that, you know, they were so fixated on the Levitical line of the priesthood, but the line that the actual priest that could go in one time and take away the veil was of the line of Judah because that was also the kingly line. And we know that he will rule and reign for a thousand years on this earth and then from the New Jerusalem forever and ever and ever. Amen. And let's wrap it up there for tonight. Okay. Thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight here on Let This Wine Be in You. Tell all your friends, have, have studies with them. Um, go through these things, search out the scriptures, be Bereans about this stuff, and, and, and really, really search them out. We only do this for about an hour. And, um, it, the joke is being, being made about how long it would take to get through, uh, Psalms 119, probably 119 hours, probably true. Uh, but, uh, you know, get it on your own time. I'm just going to encourage you to be in God's word, study it out on your own and, um, get in the word of God and proclaim his word today. Okay. So we're going to call it in for the night. Thank you for the fellowship tonight. Thank you for the questions that were on here. Thank you for everybody that's joining me here live. And for everybody that's going to watch this at some other time or listen to it on the podcast, I really appreciate your prayers. Uh, keep praying for the ministry, um, for all these different things, as far as where we go from here. I've um, been talking about the, the website. I'm trying to figure out how that looks down the road, and I'm uh, still looking for some ideas and some insights on that, just trying to be patient on the Lord as he is the God of patience, as we'll see in Romans 15. I can't wait to get to Romans 14 and 15. By the way, um, God's been uh, really good showing me from his word things about liberty and patience, most most importantly. So anyways, I love you in the Lord, and uh, thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. I'll see you next week. It should be on Thursday again. Okay? Just be looking out for that Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll be in Romans 10. So tell everybody we're going to be in Romans 10, and we should get a good crowd. Uh, here on, on the live stream, okay? All right, love you in the Lord. Be ambassadors, walk worthy, brethren, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't quench them. Live in the Spirit today. God bless you. Good night. See you next time.